You're listening to a DM podcast. We are back in the Football Shed, the podcast for football fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name's John Hewitt and Jeff King is here. Good day oh hi hi jeff you're right hi and roger gibbs is here hi um <laughs> with that uh <laughs> your right. introductory noise then hooray yeah have you ever considered a career as like a jungle mc no but i feel that, like I the would tone that well. in that particular one had that real like um i'm not gonna have to do it again no no but yeah. you know what i mean that the, the yeah. guys who kind of they need yeah. to drum up the the crowd, up the crowd. And get, get them going and yeah maybe it could be a career change you are so old that is such an old <laughs> way to describe music you're just so past it i'm talking of jungles i've uh, been to a rave <laughs> a long time ago um you know i was i was wanted to not this is kind of related to jungles um watching the football this weekend do you notice how cold it was and it was snowing everywhere so cold yeah and everyone's wrapped up so fucking hot in Melbourne right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a, yeah. So, 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 so everyone, so, but it's really hot and sweaty in here today. Yeah. Um, Rog, did you bring a beer to cool you down? Yeah, I did because it's hot. I was like just attracted to ones that uh, looked summery. So let, me, let me guess. Let me guess. Is it like yeast of goat urine? <laughs> no, I've gone pretty pretty straightforward this week. Ooh. I've got a bright brewery summer juice. <laughs> Fresh ale that's mountain crafted. Mountain crafted. What does that mean? What are you oh, talking it's about? Because it's bright and they're in the mountains, crafted. I suppose. And I've got a um a good old Hop Nations uh, Seven good Clouds old. Hazy IPA. Oh God. Well, so I, at that point, I've got to say that Richard on Facebook and Shedders and Volleys, the group, has asked if we put up your wanker uh, beer recommendations every week. So we're going to add them every week alongside Jeff's fridge beer and no. my Aldi wine. Oh, oh so we've got something different. Uh, yeah, yeah, this week um, I'm drinking a Budweiser. Oh. Now, it's because today was a, a big week in America, right? So you're aware that they, they have their own version of football in the United States, yes. right? So it's called... American football. <laughs> yeah. Now, essentially, if you've not heard of the game before, well, what, what happens is it's like you, you play ultimate frisbee with a rugby ball. Yes. So you can imagine you have to get to the end zone like ultimate frisbee, but you do it with a with a rugby ball. Yeah. Now, you have to wear these kind of spangly space suits when, when you wear when you wear <laughs> the game. And they have a big event at the end of their, their season, which runs like other seasons in, in other games. And the big event is called the um, Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, you'd think that the bowl is a reference to, you know, where you play it. Yeah. But it's actually it's a homage to another great American sport, bowling. But it's it's actually just super bowling because they love it so much. So for all the Americans out there, I really do hope that it takes off. I, I hope that your, <laughs> your, your version I just, of football... I, I, I love sport, but I just can't do American sport. Well, it's a new game. It's a new game. So give, right, give it time okay. to settle. So <laughs> you know, in, 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 in honour of that, I'm going to drink a Budweiser and, 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 and doff my cap to, to, to modern times. And do you know, when you win, you get jewellery. It's like wow. it's like it's like being married off. <laughs> what do you think that Mr. Brady's done with all his jewellery? Well, I hear he's got more rings than fingers. Oh yeah, what he's do you got do? Seven. Well, he's uh, how many fingers he's got? Wearing gloves in his spacesuit. No one knows. Yeah, true. Um, I, I read a, a really interesting um, for everyone at home. Jeff's American stat <laughs> about 
which sums up why I don't really value, and I'm sorry to people that like it, why I don't really value um, American football as a sport. Yeah. Uh, so Tom Brady obviously won his seventh 43 year old Tom Super Brady. Bowl which is you know everyone saying it's amazing there's lots of people saying he's the best sportsman of all time can you say that in a good American accent for me no right <laughs> anyway um, so there's lots of people saying he's the greatest of all time I can do it in a jungle but <laughs> somebody worked out that in his all the years that he's played yeah. and in you know including all those Super Bowls he's spent like it's his 20-year career. He spent a grand total of about 37 hours on the pitch. Like, if you add yeah. up all the time over all those games, over all those seasons, it's only about 37 hours. In American football, you have one guy who just does the kicking and go for the post. Like, I want that job. That's the greatest job well, of all time. Uh, there's lots of um, AFL, AFL, AFL football. So would you say someone like Ronnie O'Sullivan is a better sportsman because every game is sno- every best to, first to twenty one in a game in snooker is huge. Well, the the, the comparison that they were making was um, with the Burnley Lara. Uh, Jimmy James Anderson, <laughs> Burnley um, who's, Lara, who's had a, a particularly good week um, for England this week, and um, we're going to talk about cricket for the entire podcast. Yes, no, because uh, it's so good. But um, so for those that, that don't know, that in England they have a. Uh, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's John, like, what are you drinking this week? <laughs> no, I was enjoying. That. I want to learn about new sports. Um, I've actually bought beer because it's so hot. So I have Brick Lane Base Lager. Which uh, is an independent brewer, but you can also buy it in Audi. It sounds very you, like um, generic, uh, generic lager. tummy friendly. Yes, lager. tummy friendly beer. Yeah. Um, like Budweiser's tummy friendly because it's made of rice. If anyone's a glutard out there like me, you can drink that. It's mm, all right. That's why I'm doing it. Is Budvar <laughs> related to no, Budweiser? No. No, just a similar name. Mm. Um, <laughs> Did they think of that? Probably place? don't need podcast airtime for this. For this <laughs> no, probably, yeah. Let's take it offline. Yeah. Yeah. Solving the big issues here, as always. Um, every week we start with a question, but before we do that, if you want to get involved in the Football Shed community, head to our Facebook group, Shedders and Volleys, uh, like Richard did, and tell us to list the beers, which we will do this week. Thanks, Richard. Um, uh, or if you want a bit more like Rog, you can email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Any emails this week, John? I didn't bother checking. <laughs> <laughs> I realised as I read that, I went, oh, I was meant to check the emails and I forgot. And Sorry, this bro. will be the week where there's we've about got 100 an email. emails in there. Yeah, they're waiting. Um, this week's question is about Crystal Palace. Purely because every time Crystal Palace come up in the last two years we make a groaning noise yeah so I thought this is we give them 30 seconds at the start and then we don't have to talk about them again for they the played the a left back um, as a left winger at the weekend oh a bit like Evan do that yeah we, we, we do that all the time um, he's 73 is that the answer no it's oh. not how old Roy Hodgson <laughs> is but of the last 19 games Will Zaha has missed for Palace how many have they lost all of them uh, no. no I think they've won wait lost or not lost won? Uh, 17. They have lost 17 out of the past 19 he's not played. Drawn one. Drawn one, one, one. And one, one. What a one-man team. Like, sorry, they drew one, one, one. Yes. They drew one, one, one. Yeah. As in, the, oh, the game was a draw. One, It was a one, one or draw. Shut up. <laughs> go, and um, play, go and play American football. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it. that's pretty damning, isn't it? I mean, yeah. It, it's just epitomes of one-man team. So you brought... 
Palace up at the beginning just to give them a kick in to yeah. then move 100%. on. 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's move on. So, okay, okay, okay just b- before we do, so, I mean, there's Zaha is now how old? 29? Yeah, maybe a bit younger, 27, 28, I'm not sure. Uh, so he is... 28, I think. Probably, uh, um, he is at the peak of his career. There is a... I feel that Zaha is going to have to leave the Premier League in order to get the chance that he feels he deserves. Um, do you think now's the time? I don't think he'll ever leave Palace. I think yeah. it's going to be one of those things where, well, until he's not good anymore, then then he'll go. But I feel like he's one of those players where every single year, bit of a it's talked about going, and then he just never will. But he wants to go. He, he does, he's miserable. Yeah. He wants to go, and he has been in the shop window. As those statistics are exactly right, John. Four he's, seven years. But he's been amazing, and people have come in and put offers in. Yeah. But it's not enough. It's not enough for Palace and. I just I do feel for the bloke because it's it's uh, he's trapped there. Was there really. talk of him going to Everton? There was not the last transfer window, the transfer window before, and actually that would have been a phenomenal signing. When you look at the team now, it would have been very good to have a Wilfred Zaha to yeah. to do something different. Um, but he does need to leave. Yeah, I think he'd make most teams in the league better. Um, he's, I was thinking um, sort of similar players that have come in recently like the, from clubs that were in for him like Ars- there was talk of Arsenal for yeah they went for Pepe instead I think he's better than Pepe 100%. Um, there was talk of um, Spurs um, quite a lot he's definitely better than Bale in the, or the yeah. current the current the incarnation of, of Bale but then the, the logic dictates that it would be better for Palace to have sold him mm. you, the, the... when's his contract up? It will be up soon because he was umming and ahhing about signing a new one two years ago. Yeah. So, but the you know the with the adage of it's best to sell your best players, you know, as a football club, you know, I don't want to go into the the whole theory again, but there there is data to back up. If you sell your best players at the peak of their career, it is better for your football club in the long run because yeah. of what it does yeah. to you financially. I, I, I just then, I don't think that Palace. It's going to sound really bad. I just I don't think they're well enough run club. To realise that, and it's I are they even a, are they a, a particularly sustainable Premier League team? If I look what? at their squad, I don't know if they are because they're so reliant on Zaha and, the, and Roy Hodgson. But that is because it's unbalanced, and that is because if you sell Zaha and you bought four players that improved the average of your starting eleven, then you would become a more sustainable Premier League club. The fact is they haven't, because they've got this one man who can win games for them, they, which means they've been relentlessly imbalanced. They've bought in Eze this year, and I think he's been good. I've talked about Eze on yeah. here before, and I think he's been good. And they've got Batshuayi there, and they've got a few players coming through, but they still, it's Saha or bust. Eze missed a, missed a golden opportunity at the it weekend. Is. He is so far from the finished article he's nowhere near a Zaha replacement but again that he is a a cheaper young prospect which is what Palace are in the market for instead of you know raising their their average squad um, skill set so, and, and I think we get excited like I, I do agree I think Eze's got something and I enjoyed him in the championship for the last couple of seasons but I do think that we get, we get more excited about Eze because he's not necessarily a Roy or Palace signing, and they're trying to—it's like they're, they're, they're trying to do something. Gary Cahill that they're so reliant. Is a Roy signing, on, yeah. Like mm. so, I, I may, you know, I think that's part of it. But I agree with Jeff. I don't think he's a finished article. I do think that they should stick with him, and he's done some good things this year. And a Palace side, you know, next year, for example, should be much. He should be better again, and will be much better with Eze and. 
Zahar in it. So I think that's the way to go. But I just... this You know that they're going to set up to be completely pragmatic and defend Boring. and try and not concede. And it's yeah. exactly what they did again at the weekend. And then if they concede the first goal, invariably they lose. Well, they, they haven't... Um... Uh, they haven't decided whether they're going to give Roy Hodgson a new contract. Yeah. So his contract runs out, is it in the summer? Yeah. And, yeah. and they, they haven't decided whether they're going to extend it. And I think that there is a... Because he might die? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, he is high risk. <laughs> he's, 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 he's certainly high risk. But he's in the top bracket, so he'll get his vaccine pretty quick, I think, Roy. <laughs> so, um, don't laugh, John. He's just an old no, man. Poor bugger. But he, look, he does look, especially when it's cold, he like he... You know, he's huddled up on the sidelines. He struggles. He looks so old. Yeah, so a new contract for a 73-year-old is actually... It's quite significant, isn't it, really? I mean, you should have retired a long time ago. But, you know, you've you've got to say that that is a crossroads for that club. Do they accept the status quo and maintain the Premier League status? Or do they sell Zaha, get a new manager and actually shoot for something? Agreed. Um, And against Leeds... Leeds were Leeds. They were they were they were brilliant. They were missed lots of chances. Well, yeah, <laughs> really absolutely right. Oh my god! <laughs> this is the thing about. I mean, I'm gonna just. We might as well start on that game. I don't yeah, know no, why we're gonna, gonna start on Leeds Palace. Well, we might as well start on Leeds Palace. No, we'll, we'll go on to Leeds just now. But I just want to say that is the most time we've ever given to Crystal Palace. <laughs> I don't think we should talk about them again until next season. <laughs> so yeah, Leeds. Jeff. Well, unless unless they compel us to do so. Yeah. That's the thing. Just yeah. like with all teams. Um, but Patrick Bamford, man, like you are. You are the worst good finisher ever, yes. who is an excellent footballer trapped in this this bloke who is so regularly disappointing. Like I, I can't work it out. His touch to lay himself off. Did you see that? So yeah. uh, where, where he's missed it, right? He blazed it high and wide. Yeah. Where he, t- he took on a defender, basically played a through ball to himself around the corner of a defender, ran onto it. I'm like, who is this? This is Ronaldinho. This is this is vision, amazing. Yeah. He's got no pressure, takes the shot, and it goes into Rose Ed. But, oh, my God, it's Patrick Bamford. That is That passage of play is who he is. But, yeah, he still scores a goal because he gets so many opportunities at Leeds. He will score goals, and he's having a great season statistically. But, man, when you watch him, it makes you pull your hair out. Well, I was going to say, I think it's frustrating because he obviously is really, really good at football and gets himself in great positions, is quick, works hard, skillful, got a great left foot but also just misses all the time. All the time, John! All the time! Is that that a confidence issue? I don't know. Because he's got got the... You would say he's got the the skill. I I would say... And this is based on no theory other than I'm stealing a bit from Alex Ferguson. He has a very strange running action. And, And Fergie, in his last autobiography said he didn't sign Jordan Henderson because he didn't like his gait, the way he yeah, ran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a famous thing and stuff, which is utter nonsense. But if you watch Patrick Bamford, he runs strangely. And I don't... It's not... I think it's not a confidence thing. It's a technique thing. The way he strikes the ball isn't like when you watch Harry Kane strike the ball and it's true and you know that it's going fly. It feels like when he's kicking the ball, he's not doing it in a way that someone with an amazing technique who would go, that's brilliant. And he just hasn't got that natural technique to be ping it in the top corner every time. But movement, pace, smart, everything else. Yeah. Great. But then he often does score great goals. He does. He yeah. does. And it. misses the easy ones. Yes. I but mean, that's, I, that's I, the technique. I think is yeah, yeah. I suppose. I mean, I think it's yeah. You're right. So he's he he consistently misses the ones that should be 
um, eight out of tens, yeah, and then scores the occasional the ones we might say it's a three out of ten. Yeah, the yeah, highlight those. reels are yeah. amazing, but then when you when you watch him for ninety minutes, it's 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 fucking mind it, mind numbing. His positional sense, I agree, and his movement is has I've thought is excellent this year, but mm. you. You say it's because he's getting lots of chances at Leeds. So if you think else, he went elsewhere, then you think he wouldn't be any good. But I'm like, he's well, he has scored. He's going to score 20 goals in a Premier League season, which is I would rare think this year, which, which is brilliant. There aren't, to be honest, in the history of the Premier League, there probably aren't that many English players that have scored 20 no. Premier yeah, goals in a season. Yeah, I, I get it, and, and I keep kind of I go around in circles mentally because I'm like, well, I think, oh, well, Patrick Bamford is at the perfect club. Because you will get so many chances at Leeds that he will score a goal a game. You know, perfect yeah. club. But then I think, well, maybe if Leeds had a better finisher, then Jamie Vardy would score yeah. five goals a game. I, you know? I, I so agree it, with you. It's so, and I don't know if he's a Dwight Gale or, you know, in that in weird in-between yeah. area between the, or, or whether he is actually really good and we've just never given him a chance. But I do, he it, just, he doesn't... Go on. He doesn't look confident. He, just, no. he, he always strikes me as a player who, when he scores, it's kind of a surprise. Or he, but you um, say that, but he put himself. You see, this week he put himself as captain in his own fantasy football team. That's awesome. Oh, that's pretty good. But so when you say he doesn't seem confident, he's like, doing that. like that. That like I just don't. I don't get it. When you watch it, I don't get it. I tell you who is impressing me for the lead this year. Rafina? No, Harrison. Oh yeah, Harrison's been really Harrison good. Harrison has been top draw. I didn't yeah. know. Uh, part of my naivety, I didn't know anything about him. Until, He's on loan from it. Man City. Is he really? Yeah. Okay. And um, I don't know much more than that, other than he's been on loan for three years now. I think. Yeah, he was very good there last year. I mean, it, it was a little bit. Uh, it was great in Championship, and then there was talk, obviously, that would Man City loan him out again, given that Leeds were then in the Premier League, yeah. which is kind of a rival club, and like fair play to them they did I think because they're thinking about his value and it's probably shown to be the right decision because I, I don't think he's quite good enough for Man City um, but he's worth a bit of money he's, he's a say. solid Premier League player and, and yeah. I, I tell you the the death touch that bloke has the the way he can kick a ball with the outside of his boot every week I see something I'm like oh that was succulent who was that oh Harrison again Jesus. do you know I have a bit shit of- hair though Terror, really terror, yeah, yeah. A lot of shit hair in the Leeds team, actually. But, <laughs> but, but um, a bit of a backstory to Jack Harrison. Yeah. He played, his new first club was New York City. So really? he went over to America. I remember this now looking at his Wikipedia page. He played for Liverpool Man United as a kid. And then I think his family moved to America and he went through the uni system and um, got a gig at New York City. And play, he's played for England and 21s a couple of times. And then Man City obviously have the New York City connection and picked him up. But he's played over 100 games for Leeds. So it was just, it's just like the Aaron Moy situation. Yes. So, it's, you know, plays for one of the sister clubs, gets bought by the big boys, but not good enough, so loaned out to, yeah. to increase the value. That is yeah. a business prospect. But but I've been so impressed with him. I think if he was snapped up by... You know, why do I guess why do I see a good player and go, oh, he should be snapped up? At the moment, he's doing great. Playing for Leeds, keep going. You're doing yeah. great. Rafinha's good too. Rafinha's brilliant. I just, it's a, a good, lot of fun. I've got, it's a good loan signing, I think, because I was like, it was going to go one or two ways. It was either going to be, he can't be bothered and, yeah. and it's a flop, or he goes, well, I haven't been playing much. It's a bit of a shot window. He's but, just dived into and, it. And I've been really impressed because he's given them something that they didn't have. And you can tell he's got that bit more... He's not. Most of their players are championship, championship players. Yeah, Rafinha's not a championship. Trimer. He's not. Yeah, yeah, you can tell he's got that bit sort of extra. 
And he's um, he just adds something a bit special and does a bit of X Factor. And I've got to say, Leeds, I think I've said it a few times, if Leeds are on, I'm watching them. Like, it's so yeah. much fun. Yeah. You're instantly like, oh, I'm going to watch the Leeds game. I don't care if they're playing Crystal Palace, because it will be good. And, you know, Villa have had an amazing season, and Leeds are only three points behind Villa, having played the same amount of games. Yeah. So you, you can't underestimate the job that's being done there. And it, I'm so glad, because I've been thinking this in the Championship for the last two years, and I've been watching Leeds, and I've been loving it. And then, but always, particularly after they... You know, not season just gone in the championship collapsed, one before. Yeah. Obviously, they were going amazingly, and then it they collapsed. And there's talk about Bielsa's methods, and you know, can the players keep it yeah. going for a season? And so there was definitely, I would say, there were question marks over Leeds coming into the Premier League this year, and, and whether it was going to go well or whether it was going to be a complete disaster, and Bielsa would be out after ten games. And I'm just so pleased to see that they have added to the Premier League but also got the results to the point where you know you're pretty confident that they're um, up now they're, they're and going. I think they're going to finish round about where we where yeah. we said they would yeah um, let's move on to the Jeff v John Derby it was Everton Man United at the weekend it was 3 all cracking game a cracking game but handball for DCL at the no end. it came off his belly button never it was a belly button belly no, button ball a, a serious question though it definitely wasn't looked at for very long was, it was it was looked at for the it o- was looked at but not mm. like in a thorough way it's that means it was an e- easy know, decision hmm? how do you know I called the VAR right. guy easy decision then they looked at it when it came off his belly I button I did I was a bit I must admit it was one where I paused and rewound the telly a few and times. And there wasn't the other angle. I was like, why is no one looking at it? No, no. It, just, it, it was like, came, off his, came off his belly button. Well, they, they asked him in his interview. He said that he had. And he wasn't even like... <laughs> and he's going to go, yeah, did that. No, but remember, remember that bloke earlier this year? He goes, no, I've not seen it back. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was terrible. I would tell the truth. Would you not tell the truth? Well, it's already a goal. Yeah. 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 But he's yeah. like, no, I hit my belly. Like, it, yeah. Definitely not. Like, yeah. And it definitely wasn't. I, I get why from a certain yeah. angle. It's like, oh, I, don't, I can't see enough but definitely wasn't um, but we we spoke about Man United quite a lot recently Jeff so from your end were you glad to get away with a point do you think you deserve more or less I guess a few different things firstly a point isn't really useful to either team right now no it's really annoying. so it's, it's a really it's a really <laughs> frustrating result for both teams if you're going to lose fine if you're going to win fine but a point for both is, is a bit yeah. is a bit of a peter out I, I loved it mm. like I loved the end I hate um, reflecting on that and going, oh, the draw feels like a win because it's not a win. You're still two points down. You still didn't beat them. And and celebrating it like a win feels a bit pathetic. You're still seventh. Um, however, there is a certain... Um, well, we spoke about it after the Newcastle game that Everton just didn't try hard enough. Mm. And you definitely couldn't accuse them of that this game. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, from the for the duration of the game, it's probably a good microcosm of Everton's season, which is that they can be excellent and they can be crap, and they can flip flop between them without you having any idea which one's going to show up. And the the first half, Everton were very very poor. United were bossing it. Yeah, um, we were all over you, and we should have smashed you. By yeah, absolutely time. right. Yeah. And then there's also a um, he should he should have had should have had more goals, and and the. Um, you know, Fernandez was excellent. You, you you were you were pressing high, and and Everton didn't have any answers. Obviously, you got read the right after half time, and suddenly, um, you know, the difference is made within three minutes of that second half. I think Decore was having Decore back is is great. Yeah. We we were speaking before 
um, earlier this season about there's a there's a lack of midfielders that can both be a defensive midfielder and an attacking midfielder. Mm. You know, they, they the, are the number eight. Yeah, they're one or another yeah. at the moment. You either have attacking midfielders or specialist Kante type yeah. positions. But I think Decore has shown himself as one of the few that is box, is to box, box to box. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see it because he's in the right place at the right time whenever and go forward and he's always there for cover whenever and are defending. I think, strangely enough, Everton look most comfortable when they're defending. Yep. So, so when they're using their four centre-backs... <laughs> yeah, <got> enough defenders. <laughs> um, but then, you know, they're, they're most comfortable. But then, then Olsen letting in the shot from Tom McTominay, he got his feet all wrong and that was poor. Yeah, he just kind of fell over, didn't um, he? But then... On that, where was Pickford? Was he injured? He's injured. He's yeah, got okay. problems with rib, or something, ribs or something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it doesn't... A mistake's a mistake. I, I think if it was Pickford, he'd get chastised, but no yeah. one's really talking about it. Everyone's talking about McTominay's goal and not yeah. Olsen's slip, which is probably quite I, 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 reflective. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Man United were better in the first half, um, but we kind of... I, watching the last 15 minutes, I knew you were going to equalise. And I think the point that I knew was when Harry Redknapp was... Um, Harry Redknapp. Harry Maguire... We were talk- you were talking about Harry Redknapp. You put that in the yeah. notes yeah, and I yeah. forgot to add it. He's back? Yeah, he's gone back. Where? Um, Sorry, side point. <laughs> I'll get there. We'll, yeah, get, okay. there. we'll get there. Yeah. We'll bring up Harry Redknapp yeah. later. I forgot about that. Um, Harry Maguire. Harry. <laughs> Rod writes down <laughs> Harry Redknapp. Um, Harry Maguire's running through with DCL and yeah. the challenge for a ball. And DCL comes in and nudges him or whatever and Harry Redknapp, Harry Maguire just <laughs> falls over and lies on the ground. Yeah. Um, and then doesn't get the free kick. You guys go through. So it's the 87th minute. Yeah, And from yeah. that point on, Maguire is kind of flustered that he didn't get it, is chasing back. And he doesn't... This is... I, I rate Maguire and I think he's a good player. But if he makes a mistake, he doesn't shake it off straight away. And he, you could tell from then on... Whereas the very best players do. Yeah. From then on, he was a bit disorganised. He was a bit like, oh, mm. what happened? And he wasn't talking to everyone and telling everyone where to be. Then you guys get the free kick. He played four players on side during that free kick. Yeah, exactly. He was the, he was the one man out of line. Exactly. And you get the free kick in, in Fergie time. Um, we just gave that to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it comes over. But he's the guy that's out of place. He's held, hold everyone and let everyone be onside. And I think that's because he makes a mistake and he doesn't get his brain back in it quickly enough. I agree. And, and I think it was his problem. The, the reason why Everton scored is because of Harry Maguire, as I said. Yeah. Um, the free kick you shouldn't have given. When you, when you gave that free kick in the last minute, I thought, Oh, this is dangerous. Yeah, this is genuinely, genuinely dangerous. I thought that, that was a, that was a cynical move that got punished, and the, and the ref let enough time play to let that be punished. Yeah, I mean, at the end, three three is probably not a fair result. I'd say Man United edged it on play, but I'd say Everton wanted it more at the end, and that's really refreshing to see. I also know that Everton sides of the past would have just let it go. It would it would have got to eighty nine minutes, and that would have been it. And actually, yeah. what you saw, John, I think is really um, a sign of a changing mentality in that side because I don't see a Martinez side doing the same thing. I don't see a Koeman no, side fair. doing the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, how many points have Man United won in the last five minutes of the game? That is, if you're going to be up there at the end of the season, I don't mean title challenges. I mean, if you're going to just be up there competing. Oh, you're not, you, you're not title challenges anymore? No, no, I, that's just not in this story, Roger. Right, okay. I genuinely think Everton is still going to win the league. right now a 500 to 1 to win the league? Get your, to get your 10 bucks on that. That's, that's loads, loads of money. It's, but you're right. I, and it's interesting because I think it's another thing I notice about, um, and I've noticed more this year about DCL. You can tell 
that he has that desire to score constantly to score goals doesn't yeah. matter when it is he just wants to score and you know that you can he wants it and he's yeah. gonna if he gets that chance he's he's generally it doesn't matter score. if it's ugly or yeah how it goes just, in. he'll just, just put it just doesn't there care the goal but it, I, I do think that this get this game I think generally man United were the better team agree for, yeah for most of the game but I think that man United still and the reason you will not win the league this year um, primarily is because you still concede too many soft goals. Yep. You haven't figured out uh, as a unit how your defence is going to play yet. Whether it's, what it'll be Wan-Bissaka one week that makes the error. It, it'll be De Gea. An error, it'll be yeah. Maguire. There's an error across the back line. There's generally two or three errors that could lead to a goal every week and you can't win the league doing that. Yeah. And, and you know... Um, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Everton only had three shots on target on this game and they scored three goals. There you go. Yeah. And, and that in itself is like, well, geez, that, that's, that's poor. And I don't think De Gea's got a bit of a rap for being not great. And I don't know if it was really De Gea's fault. Um, I think Man United missed one player and a one player away from being challengers for the title and it's a better centre-back than Harry Maguire. So you or to work with Harry Maguire, so well, he's yeah, not organising. No, yeah, not so, not uh, replace yeah. him, to walk, work with him. <laughs> so I think Wan-Bissaka's brilliant, but limited. But if he had a leader next to him who kind of could walk him through games... Luke Shaw's been great this year and has got yeah, better and better. Yeah. And we have backup now. I think if you add a centre-back that is better than Harry Maguire and is... The, <laughs> Roger's just choking and dying, everyone. Excuse me. <laughs> um, uh, if we have a centre-back that make A Van Dyke, for example. Yeah, yeah. But, um, alongside Harry Maguire, it makes your keeper better, it makes your right-back better, and the whole defence is better. And I think... I agree with you. One that... player away from sorting out the defence. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it's the quality of the individual players. I think it's as a unit, it's that organisation. You just yeah. haven't, haven't quite got it. Yeah, it's not there no. yet. No. And also when Pogba went off in the second half, you mm. didn't boss the midfield in the same way, and, and Everton yeah. fin- finally found space. And he's out for a few. Weeks. And you know, there's there's a few players in the Everton side that have been doubted this year. You know, people have question marks about James Rodriguez, mm. right? He scored five goals and got seven assists in the mm. Premier League this season. You, what, what, like, that's great. Um, great. Calvert Lewin, he if you take away penalties, he's the top scorer. He scored two goals more than anyone else if you don't include penalties. He's done take penalties for Everton. Yeah. You can't doubt those stats. They do make a big difference. Don't get me wrong, Hammers was anonymous yeah. for the whole first half. <laughs> but, but he then, gets your goal. But then he gets your goal. Yeah. Can we talk about Luke Shaw a bit? Because I yeah. thought he was was good <clears throat> again. I've been really impressed with him going forward mm. recently. Like he's um you know, I think for cons- consistently for a good sort of five or six weeks now, he has been really one good. of your main, you know, attacking yeah. threats. And I've I've been I've been really impressed with him because I, I just wasn't quite sure if he was going to get back to um, after he got broken by Mourinho if well, he was going to get back to that level but I think he I I think it's fair to say he would be in the conversation for um, the left back slot in the t- well, and in t- team of the season so far in the Premier League I think he's been brilliant I think he's he's improved his defensive solidity and going forward there was a in that game, there was a point where he runs through and he ends up at centre-forward and kind of does a one-two with a few people and shoots. And it's a great shot that it's saved. Um, that would never happen a while ago. I think it, he had a really, really bad injury when he was 19 years old. And I think it's taken him a long time to get over 
And we see it with Gareth Bale having trust in his body and faith that I can run for 90 minutes and I can do this and I can put 100% into a tackle and I won't break or whatever. And then the bully, Jose Mourinho, came around and just destroyed his confidence. And I don't, I, I can't stand Jose Mourinho. And there's a wonderful, for me, there's a wonderful thing there of Jose Mourinho just going, this guy's crap. And then Jose Mourinho going away and him becoming one of the best left-backs in the league. And it's just obvious. Are you saying that now he's a bit more sure of himself? I, I am, Jeff. That is it's a, bit, a bit more, <laughs> bit more was, sure. It's funny because I was... Sure, sure. I was Luke, reading Luke, an article sure of himself. about... Uh, you Luke, know, the, you're a dick. Sure. Go and play American football. The plethora of high-quality high left-backs in the league at the moment when perhaps in past seasons there haven't been any good left-backs, whereas at the moment there seem to be a lot of them. But interestingly, the article didn't mention um, Cancelo, yeah. the right back come left back, back from Man, Man City, City, who I think um, has really, really been excellent. Yeah. Uh, and well, uh, on that point, let's go on to the Man City Liverpool game because uh, Man City smashed Liverpool. No, they didn't. No, 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 four one. I don't think that's the case. Okay, I don't yes. think that's the case. I think that when the game. Was at one one and before I think it was, think it was really an even game of football. So, but the you you wouldn't read that anywhere. But you, you wouldn't see hear that anywhere. You go smashed. We're exactly right. And, and everything on the back is Liverpool have lost. Sack Klopp. Liverpool have lost it. Sack the whole team. Start again. <laughs> Sellable. Six months ago they won the fucking Premier League, but sellable. They're gone. Sack them. Sack everyone. Start again, Liverpool. Um, but it was a very even game of football until one one, and then there were two. Unbelievable errors by a goalkeeper who's usually so confident. He doesn't confident. make many of those. Yes. So yeah. really, it wasn't what we, it no, wasn't totally. what we were reflecting on. So I think we've got to put, punctuate that somehow. And last week we sat here and said how good Liverpool were and Liverpool are back and how maybe Salah's underrated and he's one of the best players in the world and they're going to be brilliant and they're going to get back in this. Then they lost to Brighton before the podcast even came out <laughs> we were about 15 minutes um, and then obviously they've gone and lost to Man City and Salah missed very gettable chances in both games at crucial junctures and fell over for a penalty that was a pretty crappy dive uh, I think it was a penalty I, I think, think it's I a penalty. think he fell over for a penalty but we've it's I kind of feel like we now can't get annoyed about it because we have seen what happens when players don't go down. Yes. They don't get the penalty. Like yeah. this, is, this is where we're at. And so, yes, he threw himself down, but it's a foul. And I reckon if he doesn't go down, there's a fair no. chance he doesn't get the penalty. Um, so is it Man City's league? Yes. Yes. Is it all over, officially? Well, yeah. I mean, it is only February and... It's over. And, and the league started late, so February isn't what February was... Last, you, February. last February, do you know what I mean? We're, we're earlier in the season than when you go, oh, you know, top in February. It's not really that. It's top in early Jan when you look at the amount yeah. of games that have been played. But um, I do think that it's all about... Look, Man City have got a game in hand and that's against Everton. I think it's been rescheduled for next Tuesday night. Yes, next week, yeah. Um, that's important. If they win that, an eight-point gap is, is quite extreme at this point, knowing how... Everyone else is faltering and they are in the zone. And De Bruyne has still got to come back. And I mean, Aguero. Since, since he's, They're since, two best players. Since, yeah, <laughs> since De Bruyne has gone, we talked about maybe this is when, you know, the point where either City win the league or they don't. And the fact that they've won the last 
three since he hasn't been playing is 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 pretty significant. And they just seem to be getting better and better and better. They started a bit slowly, but they're walking their way through the league and getting better and better. If you look at the um, form guide, you know they, they have like the W's next mm. to it. Everyone else has got a mix of green, red, greys for draws, and Man City is just the win, city win, machine. Win, 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 win. And you feel again. like Gundogan and Silver. Yeah, Bernardo Silva. Bernardo, so last season, for whatever reason, Bernardo Silva was really down. Season before, he won the um, PFA Player of the Year, didn't he? Uh, well, he, he was, was in top three. Maybe. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> I think he won the young player because he's only twenty-two. Well, he was. I can't, yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, like you know, he was. There was talk of him being one of the best players in the league that mm. year. He was brilliant. For whatever reason, last year it didn't really happen. You know, there was a lot of expectation there, and I think he's got back to somewhere near his best this year. And he, the reason Pep, you can see why Pep loves him, and he's so important. He's got all the technical stuff, and he's a great footballer, but he works so hard as well. And I think is important to that defensive side of Man City when he's when he's good. And Gundogan's the same. They kind of just buzz around, like they can do the defensive stuff as well. Yeah. Um, but I think the other person that I Phil so they've Foden. lifted. No, I don't actually want to talk about Foden. I'm gonna Thank I'm God. gonna c- curse someone again here. Oh. It's Raheem. Oh. In that he's looks brilliant. I again. think we underrate him. Yeah. I think if he played in say it's about a few players, but I kind of feel like if he's played in Spain or was yeah. you know Spanish Barcelona. or Italian or played you know Barcelona, we'd think that he was amazing. But you you watch how he. Um, created some, you know, the the first goal for Man City, mm. and just had Alexander Arnold on toast a few times, and he he just go every game. You see him go past players. He went because well, he won the penalty, didn't fun. he? He won the penalty, and, yeah, and Gundogan it was the same. It. it was a brilliant run, and and I just he makes that stuff look so easy that you take it for granted. But there are actually very few players that can do that, and I think unfortunately. He gets himself in these great positions, but he still his decision making still lets him down sometimes. You know, he misses chances, and that's what we remember. We don't necessarily remember that no one else could have got themselves in that position. And I reckon he's consistently seven out of ten for him every week, which yeah. which why Pep loves him. And that his seven out of ten is most people's like eight and a half. Yeah, and so yeah, I just and that's right. week week in week out. He's Pep, we're, just, we're just used Pep, to it. Pep puts him in the team yeah. every single week. Like he plays more games than anyone else at Man City yeah. because he does everything that Pep wants. And I I, agree, I think we take him for granted. We're just we're just used to him. And and if I I reckon if you if you just went out to the public in England and said, oh, so who would you rather start on the wing, Jane Sancho or Raheem Sterling? I think he'd probably get a 50-50 split yeah. because Jaden Sancho is new and exciting and we're just used to Raheem Sterling. Yeah. But actually, Raheem Sterling is twice the footballer. Has been and, doing it for years. And yeah. what the thing you say about him being 7 out of 10 every week, adding that consistency is when a player becomes a world-class player who does it every week without fail. It's not... Oh, this week he was really good and then he disappears. It's just every week mm. you know what you're going to get. And he's still only 26 years old. So yeah. he's got another good four, five, six years in front of him. But, and I think the only reason that we're not... It doesn't get that same... Well, not the only reason, because I also think there's some ugly things in there with the um, yeah. British press. But I yes. think one of the reasons is that we automatically compare him to... Like your Messi's and your Ronaldo's and your and and De Bruyne's, like yeah. he's that good. And and just because you're not Messi and Ronaldo and you're not scoring 
25 goals, 35 goals a season doesn't mean that you're not world-class and in that sort of echelon just below. And that's where I put him. Yeah. I, I think he, he, mm. you know, he is genuinely that good. Him and are in that kind of similar, yeah. just just below the very, very best. And and just, I, it makes it look so easy. It just, I, it'd be horrible to play against. Um, I do have to mention very quickly Phil Foden. So sick of it. Because we, so we, we brought it up on WhatsApp today of like, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, Phil Foden. And Jeff's like, I'm sick of Phil Foden. So, so sick of Phil Foden. I'm sorry. He was amazing. Let John say the happy things. No, you say the happy things. Okay, because he was brilliant. And yes, you've spoken about like there's all this hype around him and whether he's actually good. The last four or five weeks, he's been good. And he's playing regularly. He's making things happen. Some of his runs, the way he dribbles is weird. I don't feel like he should be allowed to dribble the way he does. But he manages to make it happen. His goal was overrated because the keeper should have done way better. Um, but oh, I think no, I th- he's hit that pretty hard. He's hit it really hard with no backlift. Um, but I just think we're getting a once in a generation player, and he's English. Okay, uh, I'll set the record straight here. Phil Foden is a very good footballer, mm. very good footballer. Like I, I don't, I don't deny that. It's the circus that drives me crazy yeah. because so obviously people are calling this his coming of age game. Now I get it. He was excellent in this game. I absolutely get it. But you've just said, Rog, Raheem Sterling is excellent in every game, right? And, yeah. right, and, and are we spending all week, every week, writing articles and doing podcasts and radio interviews about Raheem Sterling? No, we're not. We're just used to it. But yet, his coming-of-age game means that he is plastered on, on virtual billboards around the world as the, the future of football. And, and I, look, he is a very, very good player mm. he's a young player he's exciting he dribbles well he scores he's he's you know Guardiola loves him which I think is part of the reason why the why the why the fan club is so involved because Guardiola patronizingly compliments the bloke for the last <laughs> three years don't get me wrong he's excellent I just think this hype is insane I but I it is insane and this week it's been hyperboil but genuinely I think he'll be in the top three players in the world I think he's, I hope so. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I hope I so. I don't, I'm not being negative about the bloke. Like if he'll be a there is no way that he listens to this podcast. And if it is, if he does, I'm not insulting you. You're you're an amazing footballer. Yeah. I, I just think that the that this fucking support band is like nothing I've ever seen in my life. And 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 it's it's existed pre him even proving himself. It's been yes. this it's been this thing that's been this narrative that's come from inside. So it's come but we from we always do it though. Yeah, yeah but this, the, this the, just the feels... media like we we, we build up really... these youngsters we always and then we break them. Owen well, exactly always, always all we're do doing it. now is wait, is waiting for him to is to, to fuck up so yeah, we can. Yeah. But but it feels like it's come from inside. The reason why this one feels a bit seedier is it's almost like the the club on the inside have something that they know that we don't know. You know, those that see him training yeah. and those are, and they're coming out to the media and they go, oh, you've got to watch this bloke. So suddenly it's like the inside scoop is that he's amazing. Yeah. As opposed to people reacting to something that they're enjoying watching. You know, footballers are entertainers. You react to it. You love it when it's great. But this is like, I know something you don't know. And I know that this guy is the best in the world. And I'm going to tell you and I'm going to be the first. And, and it's like this... 
It's like when a new band comes out, right? Yeah. And you're the, you're the first one with the album and you're yeah. just fanboy. Yeah. You're, you're going around, you're going, this, oh, I've this. seen them five times yeah, this year and yeah. I caught the drumstick and I've got the plectrum and I'm like, yeah, look at me, I'm amazing because I think they're amazing. Yes. That's what's happening to Phil Foden. And it does my fucking head in. Just like I won't listen to the band that you talk to me about because I think you're a prick if you're that kind of guy. You're ruining the band for me by being a prick. So all of these people talking about Phil Foden are ruining Phil Foden for my pleasure fuck off shut up let me watch him play football but and enjoy if, it if he does something good though you can understand why that is then I only, love it yeah, why, but, but, no, but why it's only going to get louder and, but then okay so the, right, the, let's go great the, the band then released a second album that's amazing and goes, it goes like double platinum that same fanboy is going to go oh they sold out now <laughs> Do you know, and that is what we're looking at that is exactly what we're looking at yeah. so I'm just I'm sick of it um, I Disagree completely because I don't think that's what we're looking at. I think we're looking at the best player England's produced possibly ever, and I think that's why it's exciting. Wow. And I think that's see why what's it's... going on. But no, genuinely, I've wait, 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 wait. I, I would put a hundred bucks on it with you right now. That he's the best ever. He'll win the Ballon d'Or. He is John Joe John Shelby crossed with Jeff. No, 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 I'm not because no, you might be right, John. I'm not going to lose hundred. It's nineteen. He's twenty. Twenty. I mean, and the other thing with this is that he has had. He's already shown he can do it. In he's played hundred games, he's, he's, and he's been the fulcrum of, of um, you know youth teams that have have actually gone all the way for England, which is unusual. Yeah, but I've got a question for you. Jack Wilshere had Zabby and Iniesta in his pocket. Can we? Can can England take Grealish, Madison, and Foden? No, and put them all in the same team. Well, no. or take them all in the squad. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Can't put them in the can't put them all. But the I, I just. I I don't know whether I'm getting overexcited, but I feel like the average standard. Is this your overexcited face? The, the average standard of the English doesn't look very excited, John. Is is the best that I remember it for a long, long time. Mm. Like I just across the pitch. And like, we've got Ballon d'Or winner Phil Foden. But I think the thing that's slightly different. I've got his drumsticks. The thing that is different about Foden and. And I think why people are excited is because he, he can do everything. Yes. So it's not just... Like, Sterling is brilliant, absolutely mm. brilliant. Can't run a game. He's yeah. not the player that is going to run a game for you. Now, Foden couldn't go past players. I agree with you. His running style is weird. He's kind of... He's a bit like the roadrunner. He's too upright. Yeah. It's just odd. But he... Maybe you learned from playing with David Silva, who's amazing mm. at it. He's got this glide. He sort of glides, but and he's quicker than you think. And I think some of the best players have that. Grealish has that too. Grealish mm. is so quick, yeah. and he and he has that ability to glide. And I think the the best players do that. They, yeah. they go past players and they're you know without looking like they're trying. They're quicker than you think, but he can also pass the ball yes. and run a game and there aren't that many players that can do all, all those, of those things yeah. but I just but we see a lot of 20 year olds that we took we, we, I remember when Jack Wiltshire was busting onto the scene and the, we were having similar conversations about Jack Wiltshire like, these things happen right so let's just enjoy football and not get caught up in the nonsense because 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 that is a detractor from the football and I know we're perpetuating that nonsense we do a podcast fair enough but Ignore us. So let's move from <laughs> Ballon d'Or winner Phil Foden, um, who will be better than Jack Wilshere, to Newcastle. Uh, uh, to Liverpool. Gone, <laughs> to, Newcastle. to John Joe Shelby. <laughs> to John Joe Shelby. What? Liverpool are gone. Yeah, Liverpool are gone. Yeah. And may struggle for top four. 
But wow. I'll, I'll, we'll Win talk Champions about that at um, Newcastle beat Southampton with nine men. What um, a great game. Almost game of the weekend, really. Yeah, and they ran out of players, so their centre-back, Shah, I think it was, got injured, so they couldn't bring anyone on, but they held on. Southampton are having an awful week. <laughs> but Minamoto scored, Rog. Well, it's your, a really good goal, too. Yeah, your surprise yeah. player of the year, Minamoto. <laughs> Minamino. Yeah. Minamino. It, it actually was an excellent goal, wasn't it? Yeah. The, the, his first touch, taking it past the whole defence, and then... Badging it in the top, top, top corner. Like, this is that's a brilliant you know, goal. It's, it's very not, Darren Bent, isn't it? That goal. I think Southampton have had like it's going to sound. I think they've had a really unlucky three weeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> you could say that. I, yeah. I, but I, I've, I do not think they've played that badly. Yeah, no, like, yeah, I would you know, agree. You could look at it on paper and people are going, "Oh, they're a mess now." You know, it's disaster. twelve goals in two they're, games. They're going to get sucked towards the relegation zone. But honestly, in this game, they played a lot of good football. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think they deserve to lose. Yeah, they hit the but, woodwork a couple of times, didn't they? They they, they were in it. Yeah, until they weren't. I want to focus on Newcastle because I think okay. they're playing better again, and something's changed. Something's happened, and Steve Bruce is playing attacking ish. Well, I, I would agree. Like, and it's funny because we kind of talked about it in that they lost, and Jeff talked about a couple of weeks ago about Almiron, and yeah. they just showed a bit of spark. He scored a couple and, of good goals, and and, and then. Um, I watched the uh, Newcastle Everton game, yeah, and uh, which was the, the game that they turned things around and actually got their first win. And Callum Wilson was really good, mm. but there was a shift. It was, and what we've talked about it. The Newcastle's issue was that they got too, went too into their shell. Bruce forgot. You know, he's always going to be pragmatic, but it, it became that's all it was. Yeah. And there was no release ball, and there was no attacking intent. Whereas they've got players, well, that, and now that, got... they can play, and all of a sudden, I think they've found that that forward thrust again. And they've got Saint Maximum back. I think Joe Willock's a great signing from Arsenal on loan, and suddenly you go, "That's quite a good team. Maybe mm. they can do something." They're also playing Almiron as number ten. Yeah, and, and this is, this is the first time uh, at Newcastle that he's played that far forward, and he played there when he played for Atlanta. Um, Plays there for Paraguay. Right. Yeah, he's a number ten. Yeah, and he should have the freedom for it. And they were playing him as a number eight, and it's a strange thing to do with someone who his physique does not lend to that in the Premier League. Yeah. Like he, he's not physical. He doesn't. He doesn't muscle out muscle. No, people. he's a bit more of an ozzle, isn't he? You want him just to be able to go and do whatever you want. Yeah, well, I, 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 I sorry, I kind of view him like a Leon Osman, but <laughs> like he, he's yeah. he's a he's kind of a slight technical late running player yeah. who will contribute goals if he's in the right position at the right time but he's not I mean geez I'm going to say he's not a Thomas Gravison he's more of a Leon Osman yeah. do you know what I mean but yeah. he's been played in the Gravison position for those who well, like I, their I, retro Everton I, team <laughs> analogies I don't know I, and I actually think he is his game really suits the best of Steve Bruce's game plan yeah. which is he's quick Quick, he can attack. he can run with the ball. He yeah. can run without the ball. Um, he can so you can you know you can get in behind, but you can also carry the ball. And he is him and Saint Maximan fit with a philosophy of being, you know, pragmatic and defending, but then carrying a threat. Mm. Because if they all of a sudden, if if you've got if you release uh, if you release yeah. Saint Maximan, Almiron, and Wilson, you leave them three on three. Yeah, you you're, in, you're in trouble because yeah. they're all quick mm. and they can all they can all finish or, or you know all, cre- all create something. Yeah. And but I think what Newcastle forgot to do is that 
oh, we sort of forgot about that attacking bit. They yeah. got so they kind of and as they were losing and results weren't going their way. Got make it tighter. Got, got make it tighter. Yeah, they got more and more into their shell. Whereas yeah. actually, what they needed to do was go back to when Bruce was having success earlier in the year. It was that we won't concede first and we'll be pragmatic. But hey, if you give us a chance on the counter, we'll go you. We'll and, go you quick, and, yeah. And Shelby can, like for all his faults, the man can pick a pass. Oh yeah. Um, and so I just I, I think. They new, you know that they've got Bruce has got the players there that are ideal for his system. Mm. He just needs to realise that and give it to him. And I think he's suddenly done that with Almiron, and he's kind of, it's, he's one of those players. I want to see him do well because he just looks like he loves it. And, yeah. and, and, and he's he always clear, smiling, isn't he? Yeah, mm. and he but in, since he's come in, and I kind of want to see him do well as well because we don't see many players coming from the states to the Premier League. Yeah, but to me, he clearly has the ability to be. Not just a sort of average Premier League player, but to be a good. I love that you said Premier that, Roger. I, I I totally agree. I think he. We have not seen the best of Miguel Almiron in the Premier League. What well, what I saw at Atlanta, like so, what you like about the MLS, but that bloke was mm. phenomenal, and um and the MLS is a good standard of football. Yeah, and I don't think that we've seen. I don't think that he's had the confidence. He's had a run of games without injury. I don't think he's been played in the right position enough consistently for us to see the best of him. And I think had we, this bloke would have been the subject of speculation regularly because he's he's that good a footballer. And and actually, I think re- reversing what they've done and and playing John Joe Shelby as a number eight. It's probably better. The only thing that you risk by doing that is that Shelby gives away silly free kicks all day and, and mm. that puts Newcastle under pressure. But you're right, he can pick a pass. And if he's releasing balls to that front three, it's brilliant. Um, let's go on to Fulham-West Ham. And the reason I want to talk about Fulham-West Ham, which was nil-nil, so not much to talk about, but in the 97th minute, there was a red card for Suchek um, given by Mike Dean for an elbow in the face. I love which, Suchek, by the way. Like, he... So ugly. <laughs> he is so, but friendly. He's like a f- big friendly giant. Yeah, but he's you Fellaini Mark meet too. Him on like a dark night. He's yeah. like. Can, can I say before you go onto the red card, John? Mm. Like you just have made a point, and Rogers made another one. And I'm yeah, going to make a separate one, and then no. we'll get back to it. The last 15 minutes of this game were a disgrace. Yeah, I definitely didn't watch the whole last 15 minutes of it. So you, both teams, almost accepted their lot and just. Slowed it down. It was like Ugh. it was like they were both winning and they were both killing time. Oh. It was like the, the pragmatic the pragmatists in in both sides just went, oh well, a point will do, and and that was it. And you're you're watching next. It's next goal wins, you know. Yeah. And and yet both teams were so. I don't think it's good enough for Fulham either. Like Fulham need wins. They're going to draw, draw the draw draws. their way to relegation for them. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so the red card happened and one. I want, we'll talk about the actual incidents, but also Chris put up on Facebook about Mike Dean getting death threats because of this. And it's so fucking gross. People just sat behind keyboards going like, yes, he makes an error. And, and he's crap. And he's crap. But we can all be crap at our jobs and make errors. Yeah. But we don't need someone going, oh, I'm going to kill your family because you did it. Like, yeah. come on, people, grow it's up. Ridiculous. Um, but was it a red card? No. No. See, it's funny. I don't know. Now, I am not a fan of um, Mike Dean, Mike Dean, or Lee Mason. Yeah. Now, so was he the VAR? Interestingly, he was VAR, and when um, I had a whinge about Dean, yeah, last week 
or there's there's a uh, it, it's been reversed. So essentially, they've been a combo a few times this year where yeah. there's been a bit of um, conjecture. Yeah. And they try and keep them as say. combos because they work yeah. closely together, get to know each other. And, but I just don't think because they're both like that schoolmaster model. Yeah, and I just don't think I don't respect either of them particularly because that's the way they go about their job as referee, which I don't think is the best way to be a referee. But um, I don't know if I agree with the consensus on this one. So uh, I, I'm just a bit unsure. Convince me. I I don't know. He's definitely not. At, he's not purposely elbowed him in the head. He's just moved around and hit him in the head. But is it? There's a bit of me, and I don't like that because so Lee Mason. Um, that the they've got the audio of apparently of what he said to Mike Dean, which is look at the clenched fist and like yeah. trying to, you know, put the a slant on it like it was intentional. Yeah. Um, it's really cold. I clench my fist when but it's cold. I, well, but I... Is it... I don't think there's malice in it. But that, that's but not in the rules. There's no, what, there's no wait, intent in the but rules. Is it, is it is Suchek an idiot or... Is it a massively over-the-top refereeing decision? And I'm still not quite sure I've made up my mind. I think because it's the 97th minute in a nil-nil draw, as Jeff has just told us, they've all gone to sleep for the last 20 minutes. Adding a red card does no one any good. And unless he's punched the guy, just go, yellow card, don't do that. Yeah, there's no, there's no game management in that. No. And and that's a referee's job. Yeah, Mitro, but Mitrovic does that. Like he's an, he's a player that. Like, but then he, he got up he and he got up and went. It wasn't. It's not a red card. Yeah, but yeah. after he'd already done his automatic reaction of oh, I've but been you, shot. But you like, said it. That's his automatic reaction. And as we said in this, just did twenty minutes ago, if you don't go down, you don't get anything. Like that yeah. is their automatic yeah. reaction. But as soon as he realised it's a red card, he's like, no, 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 whoa, whoa. Yeah. Like th- there's no. There's almost we've left very little room to manage games for referees, and and that's a problem because because they should be taking those things into account, John. I don't think it's a red card. I'm not sure whether the laws of the game agree with me. I don't think it's a red card because I really just think all he was doing was adjusting his own body. So it's just an accident. It's just, yeah. a just coming together. Yeah, but it's not even a, it's not like it's not even it's not even really a coming together. He didn't really no. elbow him. Just no, it was a brush. Got, yeah, he yeah. just brushed him whilst just, adjusting his it, body. It was Peter one of those, Crouch would have had a red card every game. Yeah, and it was one of those classic ones where you're like, if you slow it, that in in real time, nobody Nothing thinks happens. anything of it. Yeah. And if that was like pub football, you're like, oh, get up. Man. Yeah, like, but it. <laughs> When you look at it on VAR and you slow it down mm, and you, yeah. you watch it Analyze frame by it. frame again and again, the more and more you convince yourself that oh, maybe he's elbowed in there. Yeah. Maybe it's an elbow. Yeah, nonsense. Um, we're running out of time, and so we should go on to side stories. Um, it was the FA Cup this morning. Man United scraped through 1-0 against West Ham. And Bournemouth beat Burnley 2-0 away from home. Uh, Do you know what my favourite bit about that game was? They've got no manager. No, that they that Burnley named Eric Peters on the team sheet, even though he was banned for the game. Yes, and then they had to quick. <laughs> the oh, pointed yeah. it out and yeah. frantically went, uh, "That guy can't play. Yeah. You need to um, get rid of him." Love that. Like, yeah. that, like top level football. Yeah. Surely that can't happen. Yeah, but. and Sean Dice just like, "Oh yeah, sorry, Minera." Um, but does anyone have any side stories? Yeah, did you hear about the um, commentator in Scotland? I wish I could remember the guy's name. No. Got the sack after... Oh, yes, go on. For saying... Um, A Joby. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, do you want to do the accent? Just, sorry I'm late. I've just come back from a Joby. Especially <laughs> me, dude. Just went, I'm a bit late for the second half. I've just been having a crap. Yeah. And he got the sack for it. That's a bit harsh, getting the sack. Oh, was, was he meant to be on air? 
Like, was he was he late to yes, being... Yes, slightly late. And instead of just, you know, being the professional like we would and just keep on the conversation, just join in when it's your moment, he just went, sorry I'm late, I've just been for a jobby. Yeah. Well, I mean, look... It's pretty funny, isn't it? And yeah, it's but, but the, the club said there's no room There's no room for that in, in professional football in Scotland. I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. No, so, I feel for the guy. Like, everyone needs a crap every so often. Yeah, we should just crowd crowdfund for him. <laughs> you and, more than yeah. most, John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, I, I definitely feel for him. But I just thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, it is funny. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about Ajax, because they've had a bit of a funny week. Oh, oh. Halla. God, Haller. So, Are you talking about Haller? <laughs> Haller's point two. Okay. Point one is Andre Onana, who's their keeper, who's Cameroonian. He's 24 and he's played for them for a while. Really good. Um, he's been banned for 12 months oh, for yes. a yeah. drug test. And he borrowed some medicine. Well, no, he took some medicine that was his partner's and didn't realise that it was had a banned substance in it. And the banned substance isn't performance-enhancing isn't like makes you faster, stronger, better, quicker, whatever. It's just you're not meant to have that. What in. is it? I can't remember. It's just he took his wife's medicine and it was begins with F. It's like one long name. And Edwin van der Sar. But you kind of like I, I don't want to like get stuck on the drug. But you're gonna. Well, no, just but just the, <laughs> uh, it just sounds like one of those classic um, excuse Tour de France like contaminated steak, or yeah, you know, like yeah. you're all drugs cheats. Yeah, like it I, d- I didn't mean to to just syringe blood out of my <laughs> yeah. arm and then, and then put it in put two it hours later. Like, I mean, yeah. I thought it was my wife's blood. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But anyway, sorry. Continue. <laughs> so, uh, wife's they, medicine. Yes. Yeah, so they well, Edwin van der Sar came out and said, "We understand that he's taken the wrong thing, and that there should be some kind of fine." And he should be more vigilant, but he's a great professional, etc. Which he's going to say because it's his player. We expected a fine, maybe a short ban, but twelve months—no international football, no club football—for taking one tablet once that has no performance enhancing. Yeah, ever. It just seems over the top. But then a few days later, Ajax, who have signed Sebastian Haller from West Ham for quite a chunk of money, forgot Record to register signing. I yeah. think John yeah. forgot to register him for the Europa League, so he won't play. Administrative error. Amazing. Can can we just get? Haller was their record signing. Yeah. At twenty odd million pounds. Yeah, not even that. Eighteen million, I think. Isn't it amazing what Ajax have achieved? Yeah. Knowing that their record signing selling, is twenty million. They're a quid. selling club. But that yeah. that's phenomenal. They stayed at the pinnacle of European football. They got yeah. to the Champions League final. Semi final. Semi final. A couple of years ago. Having only never spent more than twenty million pounds no. on a player. Based it's, on it's the youth amazing. system. Yeah. yeah. And they sell players for a lot of money. Yeah. Um, anything else? Yeah, I've got an interesting one. Um, well, we'll be the judge of that. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you saw, but um, the great grandson of Ian Wright, um, Wright Phillips, <laughs> <laughs> Mussolini. Oh, Floria, Floriani Mussolini. He's signed for Sampdoria or something. Has signed for Lazio. Yeah. Oh God. Who so, have... but this is the Italian dictator. Yes. Um, Mussolini's great. Thanks, thanks for the clarification, Roger. No, just, but I just, it's so he signed for Lazio's under nineteen mm-hmm. team. Now, the reason that this is, uh, I would say, unsavory, but a little bit, it's awkward because it's a, Lazio have connotations yes. with the right wing. Um, party yes. over there, and yeah, massively like bunch of Nazis. Some yeah. might say, like some of their ultras. So, are, some might say, are, are a bunch yeah, of Nazis. Yeah. Um, and so you would have thought that perhaps, like, it's not. 
I don't necessarily think he's going to be a, a star. Like if they've signed him for the under nineteen team, but you like surely there's someone there in the PR, PR department that goes, well, signing the great grandson of Mussolini might not be a great idea for our club. Yeah, but also if you're the great grand, I don't know what his opinions are on the world, but if you're the great grandson of Mussolini, like. Oh, it's going to be tough, yeah. Yeah, you haven't got much prospect ahead, have you? What did great-granddad do? Well, um... <laughs> well and that's what his mum's saying. His mum's saying he doesn't want to get involved in yeah. politics, just leave it alone. But I just think, if you're Lazio, be a little bit smart about it. Because, yeah. I mean, one of the criticisms of, of them as a football club is that they have not addressed no. these you know issues of inherent racism within their yeah. football club. And every time they do something like this, just no matter highlights. how innocent it is, but it... It doesn't. People no. look at it and go, "Well, have you actually signed him because it's a bit of a, um, a coop, like a badge of honour, dog yeah. whistle?" Yeah. 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 So it, I, I just, I'm not sure about it. You would change your name, wouldn't you? If your surname was Mussolini, <laughs> he's just like, oh, well, yeah. unless it was to his benefit, Jones. No, unless Jones. he wouldn't have got his latch otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's not his name. Maybe he's not. Maybe, maybe he's just Maybe. thought, oh, these guys will love that. I, the Tell article that I read, which I don't remember, was uh, Paolo Di Canio famously did uh, Nazi salute yeah. um, towards some of the ultras when he played for Lazio, which yeah. I'd completely forgotten yeah, about. Yeah, Di Canio's um, got some interesting views interesting on the Interesting political views, yeah. That I tend to not agree with. Um, well, I'm curious to see how this one goes. I'm very... <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're ready for Endgame? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, is the Endgame our exciting new version of the Endgame? Now, last week, uh, Jeff won. Last week. Despite went on, giving up twice. Went on for four and a half hours, I think. <laughs> so, thanks everyone who's stuck to the end. Um, so, Jeff's Games Master this week, and it's Rog and I to guess away. Okay, so, in the spirit of... Oh, no. Oh no! Actually, there's no there's no link towards what we've discussed in this. I got I got to pull up. I have looked up the top twenty penalty takers in Premier League history. Now you get an extra life. Look at you both scribbling down like. No, wait a minute. Now by penalty taker, can I clarify? Sorry? Scored, not taken. You have to have scored the most penalties. So, but is it scored the most penalties or is it the best conversion rate? No, because what scored. are you talking about? Because conversion well, rate would be the most boring... Well, no, but like having had to score a certain amount. Do you know what no. I mean? Because that's, no, that's no, the real no, measure no. of a penalty take. No, no. Just scored no. the most. Rog loses his extra life. <laughs> <laughs> scored the most penalties. Scored the most penalties. Top 20, I'm looking for. And you get an extra life. Now, who lost last week? Roger. Roger. So you can go first. Um... Oh, come on, number one. Can't pause it. Wayne Rooney? Wayne Rooney is number nine. Correct. Wayne Rooney scored 23 penalties in 33 attempts. Not a very good conversion percentage, Roger. Oh, yeah, that's important. Um, Alan Shearer. Top of the list, John. Scored 56 out of 62. Only missed one. The other five were saved. Jeez. Uh, how many are there, sorry? 20. 20. And There's, we get two lives. You get two lives. Uh, Harry Kane. Harry Ooh. Kane. Is it too early for him? Is correct. Ooh. He scored 23 out of his 26. Um, Frank Lampard. 
is second in the list, John. You've started really strong. Scored 43 out of his 50. Interestingly, he... <laughs> are we, we going to get that for <laughs> when there's something, When there's something interesting, interestingly, he never missed a penalty. He's only ever had them saved. He's wow. never missed the target, Frank Lampard. Like Come on, that was interesting. Oh, was yeah, 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 no, we'll give you that one. Uh, <laughs> We're trying to think. <laughs> We're not listening to your Matt Letizia. Matt Letizia. Correct. Scored 24 out of his 25. Um, Mark Noble. Mark Noble, number four in the list, 27 out of 30. Uh, Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry, correct, 22 out of 22. Um, Steven Gerrard. Number three in the list, 32 out of 39. John, you have smashed the top four on your own. But now I'm struggling. Um, Leighton Baines. Ooh, that's a great call. That's a really good call, but it's not going to be in there, is it? Leighton Baines, 20 out of 22. Oh. <laughs> Very now, good. So he's in there? He's in there. Yeah. Rog? Yeah. No, I just said it. I just thought I'd give you it. Yep. You know the rules of the game. If mm. we get all 20, Rod, uh, Jeff loses. Mm. Just saying. Mm. We can do yeah, this. Yeah, I know, but we've got a way to go yet, John. Uh, Teddy Sheringham. Teddy Sheringham, 21 out of 22. Jeez. Very good. Dennis Irwin. Oh, that is a great call. Incorrect. Ah. Dennis Irwin is not in the top 20 of all time. Bugger. Um, you, you've got one life, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I'm struggling now. I've forgotten where we um who we've said. Sergio Aguero. Correct. Twenty six out of thirty one. There's ten to go. You've got ten out of twenty. Cristiano Ronaldo? Nah. Incorrect. Ah, John is yes. the winner. I've you got Ian Wright. Incorrect. Jermaine Defoe. Incorrect. Oh, oh no. And Dennis Burkamp. Incorrect. Okay, so that's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was so struggling. Um, David Unsworth was on oh, the yeah. 22 The club. other Everton left back. Milivojevic scored 21 already. Oh, 21. Yes. Insane. Yeah. Teddy Sheringham, 21. Um, Danny Murphy, 18. Troy Deeney, 18. Mm. Yakubu. 18. Would not, yeah. Would not. Gareth Barry. I thought you'd get Gareth Barry. Oh, I, I mean, he's played about 700 games yeah. in the Premier League. Well, and who he do takes you take penalties for, though? Um, Villa? Villa. Yeah. Ruud van Nistelrooy. Oh. Gary McAllister. Make up the top 20. Oh, we did pretty well there, I reckon. I do think you did pretty well. I, I lost on two bloody Man United penalty teams. It means I'm on three points. I'm winning. Three to me, two to you, one to Jeff. Mm. Yes. Very good. good. Jeff. Very good. Yeah, good. good game, good game. Um... Has anyone got anything before we we'll go? We'll have to keep track of these, otherwise I've got a feeling like next, like later on in the year, so, we'll repeat penalty take. Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, has anyone got anything before we go? No. No. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, don't forget, if you want to get in contact, ask us questions or tell us we're wrong about something, just find us on Facebook and go to the group Shedders and Volleys, or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.